Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking with Joy, a podcast to fill your soul, challenge your mind, and make you brave. I'm your host, Joy Clarkson, and an evangelist for all things good, true, and beautiful. So make yourself a cup of tea, find somewhere comfortable, and let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Speaking with Joy. You are joining me in what I have been calling in my brain uh, the escape cast. We are all living through this wild thing that is the COVID-19 pandemic, finding ourselves more housebound than usual. And so rather than talking about that all the time, I wanted to just provide fun episodes of, of good distraction, of things to learn about, and also just to invite on people that I enjoy and love reading their stuff online, but uh, haven't had the time to talk to you before now. But now we are all, um, I, I would say, stuck at home doing nothing. But obviously we're not stuck at home doing nothing. But we all know that we're at home, and so I know that I can call people and say hi. And one of those people who I wanted to have on my podcast for a long time, but just hadn't um, figured it out until now, is Haley Stewart. So welcome on the show, Haley. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be fun. I know. It will be really fun. Um, so, Haley, tell us a bit about who you are, and then we can try to figure out how we met, which I think the answer of which is primarily through Twitter. <laughs> I think so. So, sure. I'm Haley, and I'm a wife and mom of four kids. I'm a writer and a podcaster. And living in Central Texas, my husband is a whiskey maker, except for the time being, he is a hand sanitizer maker. The oh. distillery has switched gears. So you guys are doing so that? they're making There's hand sanitizer. Here here in St. Andrews, yeah. the local breweries are doing the same things. Mm-hmm. So they're just making huge vats of it for hospitals and um, doctor's offices and stuff. And I think they're going to start putting it in little pump bottles for different, different places around town. So... I told him, I was like, I feel like you're part of the war effort, you know, like, it's like some like cool thing where like, daddy's off to help the war effort or like something like that. Um, so that's my husband. He also keeps bees and does other cool things. And um, yeah, so that's, that's us. That's who you are. And uh, what is your podcast? The podcast is called Fountains of Carrots, and I co-host that with my friend Christy Isinger. So my blog is Carrots for Michaelmas, and hers is Fountains of Home, which is a G.K. Chesterton quote. And so we kept joking that we wanted to combine our efforts to make a podcast, and we're going to call it Fountains of Carrots, and we thought that was funny. And then everybody was like, no, you should do that. Like, please do that. You have to. So so we did. I don't know if it makes any sense to anyone, but we enjoy it, and... (laughs) That's a podcast. And then I write at my blog. I write books. Um, then I do some freelancing and some speaking, except not right now. All my speaking events are canceled for the time being. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I first encountered you, I think, through Twitter. And um, I just, well, for one thing, you have a very similar kind of uh style of humor, but then also style of things that you're interested in. You're always tweeting about literature and um, homeschooling and just your kids remind, we've talked about this before when we did the podcast with my mom, but like (laughs) watching your, your tweets about your kids and your life and how you're doing things always 
feels very familiar to me because um, at the stage where your kids were, we were also in Texas and roaming around and reading lots of books. And so there's just something kind of familiar when I see your family and that's been (laughs) fun. And so it's been fun to connect over Twitter. Now, um, something that I've been thinking about and we were just chatting about this is um, how different this experience of being quarantined is whether you're uh, in all of our different experiences in life. So you have four kids. How old are your kids? So youngest is one, oldest is 11. Okay. So one, six, six, about to be seven, eight, and 11. One, six. That's almost exactly how we were. I was, I was Hildy because I was, um, you were Hildy. I was because <laughs> I was six years younger than, uh, Nathan. And then it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Obviously, I think your experience of enduring this this quarantine will be quite different than mine, in which I've, I'm in my flat with me and Joel, and we're both doing PhDs. Um, and I've found a proclivity towards a, per, a certain kind of insanity that I could tend towards. Um, but I was curious, uh, you were tell, you have to say what you were saying to me before about finding spaces to work. First of all, what has been the insanity <laughs> that you have, you have encountered in this season? Oh, so... We, you know, as a homeschooling family, it's not as crazy for us as I think it is for a lot of people. I think it's like must be totally like just a shock to the system for a lot of families. So I feel like in a lot of ways we had a leg up on it not (laughs) feeling quite so crazy. But just that my kids can't go to their martial arts classes. They Mm -hmm. can't like usually once a week they go to forest school, which is like a hippy dippy nature school. (laughs) They like make forts in the woods all day. Right? It's great. And so that's my like writing day where I like spend the whole day writing and no one talks to me, you know. And so just the we can't like I have nowhere to go to get away from them. I cannot drop them off. No one can come over and watch them for me. You know, Daniel and I take little like self-care turns for each other. Um, But just the constant stimulation is it gets hard. Um, yes. So <laughs> we do not have a finished attic, but there are stairs up to it. And so... <laughs> Which indicates that one can go hiding. there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I've been going up there and hiding occasionally, doing some writing. And um, I talked to my mom on the phone and she was like, oh, it's so it's sweet. Like Joe March going up with her little <laughs> writing cap. And like, and I was telling, I was telling her, no, it really feels more like this is Thornfield Hall and I'm Bertha Rochester. <laughs> and like, I need to borrow some gin from Grace Pool to like survive <laughs> the next few weeks of my life. So uh. it just, it's a lot. So trying to break up the day, going outside, doing different things, staying with some kind of routine and like daily afternoon reading time where like no one can talk to me um, is helpful. Of course, I have some very extroverted children. So it just, Never completely works. I don't know if you've seen the meme of Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek. He had some show at some point, and they just made all these clips of him asking questions. Mm -hmm. So he's like, do you believe in the power of a curse? Have you ever been mountain biking? How much should you tip? How much would someone have to pay you for you to spend the night in a graveyard? It's like all these little clips of him asking weird questions. And I was like, this is my life. Like, this is my (laughs) oldest child who's like, what are your three favorite prehistoric fish? What are your, like, just like all of these weird questions all of the time. 
which is like charming, but it's just a lot right now. You know, You're like it's in just the abstract, if I were putting you in a novel, I would be absolutely enchanted. But at the moment, right, this would be a great Wes Anderson movie, but it's my life right now. <laughs> right now, I just want to hole up in my attic. And uh, yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, see here that I find the weird. So the weird thing about living with me and Joel, I mean, this is like general, it's like all the normal things that are weird about your life are suddenly magnified because, you know, we're both doing mm-hmm. PhDs and the weird thing about our life, I think, is we could just like, now there's no excuse not to do my PhD. Like usually I'm like, oh, I have to go out and <laughs> teach. I, you know, need to go to seminar and learn things as I'm doing with my quote fingers for some reason. Um, and, but now it's just like, I could just sit inside and work all day. And so like yesterday we were not very disciplined, disciplined about this. So we like, don't I ate breakfast. And then I just was like in a research hole, which I know probably sounds nice on one level. Like you're like, give me my attic so I can, but I like emerged. And it's like that thing where for some reason you put on contacts and you've been staring at your screen so long that like the contacts peel out of your eyeballs and you're like, when did I eat last? Who am I? Like, do I have a body? And so, um, and then you have like a terrible headache. Anyway, so I find that it's hard to like be a normal balanced person when both of us are like, we could just work all day. I could finish my PhD and then publish a few articles and, but then I would, that, that makes me anxious and tired. So we've been like, how can we, you know, like go out and we're actually in lockdown. So like St. Andrews right now, mm-hmm. you, you like get literally a pass one day to like go to the grocery store or go on a walk. Um, so it's literally like we are in our house. And so Joel and I have like started trying to, like, we'll take breaks throughout the day. So this is a funny thing, but I run here. Usually I run this thing called the scriptorium, which is like to give all of the structureless PhD students structure and like prayer. So it like on Thursdays it opens with prayer at 930 and everybody works for an hour and a half and then like has a break and eats and talks and works for an half. You have a break and you can talk, you know, on and on until evening prayer. And it's like a way to get people working, but like give them structure, but also give them breaks. And so Joel and I've been trying to like do that at home so that we don't just have these like endless, you know, but the breaks now instead of like coffee and eating are like, let's run up and down the stairs in our apartment. Um, <laughs> Like four, you know, four times every hour. And I'm sure that will, that'll do something for us. Um, but yeah, I've actually had to be like, no, you're not allowed to do work from like morning until evening. This is, this is not what you can do. It will crush you. So how are you guys staying sane? What have been some of your things you've done? Well, we are still, we're like technically sheltering in place, Mm -hmm. which means you can still like it's n- it's not really enforced. Mm. So nobody can is like telling you when you can go and do things. Um kind of wish it was somehow enforced cuz some people are doing it. Um <laughs> but we have been going on a daily nature walk mm. in the morning, which has been really good. Um Daniel has been making a lot of sourdough bread I've and been something thinking- about I've been, I literally was just Googling before this phone call, how to make sourdough starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should do it. It's been like, I mean, I say like, you should do it. I'm not even the one doing it. Daniel does everything. <laughs> so I'm like, you should do it. Where really I'm like, you should eat some, which is what I do. Um, but 
just having like the rhythm of like in the evening he like feeds the starter and then he has every, like the next morning everything like he has this routine now yeah where we always have fresh sourdough bread and then um when the baby wakes up from her afternoon nap we've been having tea time so daniel leaves around eleven thirty, and he's gone until about nine um so after the baby wakes up from nap in the afternoon the kids and i have like toast and jam and tea and so that's I think like just having like daily rituals yes that make you feel like a human being like yes. okay everything is not normal but here's like one little thing that makes me feel normal yeah. um so that has been really good we've been having um right when the baby goes down for a nap we've been doing an hour of reading time like everybody grab a book we're all gonna sit in the living room um and then I'm like working backwards at the end of the day kind of um so if I start out at the beginning of the day, we've been doing watching daily mass because mm. mass has been shut down for a while and that's really weird. Yeah. So mass be live streamed is like really, I mean, I've never been in a place where I've been without mass. I don't think mm. it, it has happened in our lifetime. Um, so that's like very like, disconcerting and horrible feeling and so just even though not you're not there getting to watch and like walk through the liturgy and do the responses mm -hmm. um and pray for spiritual communion since we can't have the eucharist is like really comforting mm -hmm. like it's just like very like beautiful way to start the day and i didn't think my kids would be like man we love watching mass on tv <laughs> but they're like is it time for mass yet is it 7 15 i'm gonna set i'm gonna set it up they're Aww. like go wake up lucy because lucy always sleeps late they're like go wake up lucy she wouldn't want to miss mass so we start Aww. out with that sourdough bread with breakfast um and i think having like lunchtime followed by baby nap time gives us more structure yeah. tea time and then in the evening we'll do um, like rosary and we're reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets right now before bed and my oldest has read all of them but my middle two girls mm -hmm. haven't read them before and so they're like oh, what's gonna happen it's getting so good oh, and that's really really fun that's so fun so yeah I feel like we're in a rhythm that makes me feel if I need kids to just watch a movie for an hour and not talk to me. Yes. I don't feel guilty about that so much yeah. because we have like other stuff going on. Yeah, um, totally. And I like be like, yeah, it's okay. You know what? It's okay if we watch three hours of movies today. It's a <laughs> pandemic. There are no rules. You know, it's like <laughs> nobody knows how to prepare for this. No, I know. Um, I said right, funny. Exactly. Both I of us, both of us talked about like things that give your day structure because I kind of like skeletons mm -hmm. is how my mom always talks about it because. With all of the external things that give you, usually give you structure in a day, like a class or, you know, all the things you mentioned, your week, it's both in days and in weeks, I find. Mm -hmm. um, those are all taken away. So it's like it kind of gives you a chance actually to put in your own rhythms and habits in the day, um, mm -hmm. even more than you usually would, so that you don't just feel like your day is a, a little blob of flesh, but that it actually kind of has a structure right. to it. Yeah. Totally. And, again, and I think also time, like... Yeah, think tea time is great. And I think having, like, I find that, like, we have not missed nightly rosary since mm. this started. Yeah. And I think, like, there's no excuse not to pray. 
because we, we have that time. Too. Like we're not going anywhere. Like, and you always think like I would be so holy and I would spend if so much time, time in prayer if I only had time, but I just don't have time. And God, that's why I am like never talking to you, you know, <laughs> but then like, it's like, Oh no, we are not going anywhere. All we have is time. Yeah. Like, this if if not now, when are we going to make this like truly part of every day? I know it's so true. I was very convicted. I was I don't remember um, why, but I was reading the passage where Jesus is in the garden being tempted, and he's like, "Could you not even stay with me for one hour to pray?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm literally locked in my house. I I can do this. <laughs> There's no reason not to." Um, yeah, I almost, it's kind of amazing in some ways because I feel like in strange ways, not being able to go to church, not being able to receive Eucharist is like making me more passionate and more excited about actually being able to return. And mm-hmm. um, it makes, this is funny, I was thinking this week of, I'm sure you've read um, The Power and the Glory by Graham Greene mm-hmm. and about how all of the people, and so the story, of course, is about um, this state that's been taken over and all of the priests have been killed. And so there's one priest who, who goes from town to town and, and there's lots of other things in the story, but it's, you get this picture of a country in which each town like maybe gets to have the priest in town once a year. Um, and, and so I've been thinking about that with this cause it does feel unprecedented. Like it's hard to imagine another time in which you can't go to church. Um, Mm -hmm. but I've been thinking about that and thinking about how much they treasured it when they were able to have him. And that's been something I've kind of been, been thinking about. And how do you find, I do find watching church really, um, disconcerting in some ways. Yeah. It's super weird. Um, what I've been watching, I think, so our priest is streaming mass but i think he's doing it like on facebook or something which is we'd all have to like get around the laptop i don't really know how i don't know if that would work very well and i think it would honestly be like too hard for me to see like the empty church like yeah. it's just too like heartbreaking so i've been watching bishop baron does daily mass in his personal chapel so it's just mm. like a tiny little room and yeah. you're up really close to him mm. and and the altar and so it feels more like, oh, it's like a tiny little chapel space yeah. for math instead mm-hmm. of like, this is my church and I can't be there and no one's there. And isn't this terrifying? You know, it's yeah. kind of a different, yeah, a different feel. Um, and that's been good. But like our, our priest has been just like putting up Instagram stories of encouragement mm-hmm. and all of these things. And it's just so, like, it, it is encouraging, but it's also so heartbreaking. Yes. Like, not, like, not being able to be connected with him the same way, but also seeing, like, his bride, the church, is, no. like, yeah. is separated from him. You know, yeah. like, all of his love for his people and, like, he can't be with us unless he's anointing the sick or something. Yeah. Um, it's And so that's funny. just, like, really overwhelming, kind of. It's weird to me. People have been like, oh, no, everyone's going to just start, you know, thinking that streaming church is enough. And I'm like, no, there's there's no way in which for me this experience, like, makes me think, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> there's no way. It, it, it like, intensifies mm-hmm. my desire to be to be in church, to be 
Yeah, it's, I, I can't imagine a world mm-hmm. in which this would make everyone be like, oh yeah, streaming church really is the best <laughs> option. Um, yeah, and that's something that I wonder, like, I think I'm a glass half full kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, this is just going to revolutionize our whole culture and people are going to want to be more connected and people and I like get really into this and my husband's like I think it's just going to increase the fragmentation of our society and I'm like what no so like it's but that's how I feel is I can't imagine not feeling like this excruciating longing to be back in the church um I was telling I was telling my kids I was like I want to be like, I think we should be going to daily mass like every day when yeah. this is over. Like we could be daily communicants. And my six-year-old was like, we could live off of only the Eucharist, like <laughs> Catherine of Siena. <laughs> I was like, whoa, like I just got ethically one-upped by my six-year-old. You like, got, you <laughs> have got a, um, a little saint on your hands there. Well, yeah, um, she's yeah. something. <laughs> oh man. No, I do. I do get really excited for that. And then sometimes anxious about like, oh my gosh, how long is this going to last? Um, I was also going to say, we, uh, you said you're reading aloud Chamber of Secrets. Joel and I have been reading out loud um, the, oh gosh, it's, I'm blanking. It's the fourth one. It's Goblet of Fire. Yes. We've been, yeah, we've been reading. Um, wait, you blanked out for a second. What did you just say? Goblet of Fire. Yes, Goblet of Fire. We've been reading Goblet of Fire, which has been fun. Um, and Joel, of course, like is actually an audiobook reader, and so it's very. Amazing. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and so it's great. I feel like I have like a professional performer in my living room while I <laughs> sip my lemon tea, and um, and that's actually been one of our like um, rhythms. Has been like okay, we end the day with a little bit of read aloud from Harry Potter, which has been so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, wait. So you said, I mean undeniably all of us are having to survive a little bit of this by watching movies, right? And TV shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but totally. Definitely. Yes. So what have been your movies or TV shows that you guys have been going to? Okay. So Daniel and I, after the kids go to bed, have been watching Jonathan, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. I haven't have you seen, seen the miniseries of I that? Saw, I think I started watching it and then I like came over to the UK and then it was like a different server to watch it on. But I, mm-hmm. I've read the book. The book is so good. The book is one of my yeah. favorite books. It's yeah. such a delight. Um, so we've been watching that. And then um, the kids and I, we've been watching the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap movie from like yes! when we were little. It's so good. And it's so heartwarming. And it was like so comforting. And the kids loved it. Like they loved it. They were just like squealing with glee. Oh. And they were they were so excited how it all worked out at the end. And it was adorable. Um so that's been fun and we I I thought we needed Disney Plus to make it through this, which I think I was correct. So we've been watching The Mandalorian like as a whole family, which has been good. I, so is far. it good? It is good. I mean I'm not as into Star Wars as Daniel and the kids are. Yeah. Um, But I think I am going to keep watching it because Baby Yoda is so cute. I mean, it's not even Baby Yoda. It's not Yoda, but it looks like a Baby Yoda of whatever the species is called. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody help um, us out. Joel has been like, 
He's like, I want to get Disney Plus just to watch the Disney, the the Mandalorian, which he hasn't like given into and done, but it is it's been talked about on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fun. I've been watching. Um, so there's like a on our library through the library at St Andrews. You can they have all of the old Poirots. Oh, that's so fun. Which has been fun because like they're not easy to watch in the states. They're not. I don't think they're mm-hmm. easily streamable. And so I've just been, like, going through them. And they're, they're like, I've watched them so many times that I don't need to, like, you know, invest all of my attention while I'm watching Poirot. So um, whenever I've been, like, needing to answer emails and I just, like, need to do something other than just sitting, you know, listening to say music, I will just, like, put in a Poirot in the background, which has been fun. Um, and then Joel and I have been, like, switching between watching movies that were, like, we have time at home where we can watch lots of serious movies that we want to watch, you know, because <laughs> there's part of you, there's part of you that just like wants to take advantage of like, you don't have other social occasions. You could just yeah. watch all the movies you've been to watch. So we watched and I loved the movie Arrival. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. I just watched that with my son a couple of weeks ago because I had seen it uh-huh. and he's 11 now and needing to like, get to watch movies that his younger siblings don't get to watch yet. Like yeah. that's the stage that's, he's in. Yeah, yeah. Like needing to feel like he's a grown-up. Grown um, and I was like, you know, this is a pretty clean movie. It's yeah. got a little bit of language, but like it's got a great message. It's very interesting and yeah. engaging and thought provoking. And he loved it. And I, I like cried through the whole thing again. Oh, I yeah. mean, not the whole thing, but the beginning and the end. Um, it's so good. It's, it's such a beautiful good. message about like life and l- choosing to love even and though choosing it, mm-hmm. life, even though you know you're going to suffer. Yeah. Which is it, all of us, anytime we choose to love anyone yeah. is we're going to suffer because of this, but we're going to do it anyway because this is worth it. Yes. Well, it's, it's kind of the idea that to love is to choose to suffer. But mm-hmm. you really can't have life and you can't really even have choice if you don't have love. And so, mm-hmm. no, it was so beautiful. I think I had, I thought it was going to be like an alien movie where everyone saves the world. Uh, but it's interesting because like at the end of the day, you're like, the only thing that is really revealed to you is her life and her choice mm-hmm. and her love and her loss. And that was just so moving to me because I went into it being like, this is going to be some really super intellectual. I mean, it is super intellectual, but story about aliens, but it's really about love and choice and Mm -hmm. loss and that. Yeah. So beautiful. So I loved that. So we've been, we've been vacillating between movies like that, where it's like, I should watch this movie because it's an important movie. And then (laughs) like rewatching all the Miyazaki films are on Netflix. Are they on Netflix in the States now or just I don't know. Okay. So what, which films are those? Like My Neighbor Totoro and... Oh no, I don't think we have them. We, yeah, we don't have them. They just... Because I thought they were going to come out on Netflix, but then... I got all excited about it, and then Daniel was like, oh, no, we have to get them from the library because they're just in the UK. So I think that okay. they didn't come here, which is too bad. So, yeah, so we've been we've been watching a few of those. So, like, um, My Neighbor Totoro. Have you seen My Neighbor Totoro? Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we've been going through, like, all those Studio Ghibli movies yeah. little by little, like, whenever people get sick and we're, like, hanging out at the house, kind yeah. of, like, now except we can't go to the library because it's closed um but we've been getting like two of them anytime we're like stuck at home for the weekend 
and they're so like beautiful and interesting. They they're so there are I mean Joel and I were talking about how just just to like look at the illustrations. Illustrations are so artful and mm-hmm. th- yeah, they're just gorgeous and especially My Neighbor Totoro is just like a fairy tale. It really is like it really is a fairy tale. Um so that's just kind of again like the comforting beautiful. Mm-hmm. Have you I'm sure you have. Have you seen um like Song of the Sea and Book of Yes, Secret I love Pearls. those and our kids love those. Yeah. Those are so beautiful. Those and are that's, great. That's like the Irish Studio Ghibli to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hope are they going to make more of those? I think like, they are. So I know that they did the breadwinner but Joel said that one was a lot sadder. Um but there there's I think there's one about wolves that's coming and that's okay. back to like the more Irish folktale stuff. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, I love those. Um I think it's interesting that you've like hooked onto Poirot because I think there's something so comforting about murder mysteries uh-huh. during like times of crisis. I've been listening to the audiobooks of the Flavia Deleuze mysteries. Oh, Have you read any of those? Or read. Oh my goodness. Are oh, I think you're going to love them. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so they're by Alan Bradley. Um, the main char- character is like in the first book, she's like 11 years old and she's a chemist. She's like this genius chemist, 11 year old. And fun. she's the main character. Um, and she's so quirky and just ridiculous, but in a way that isn't annoying and is so like endearing and lovable and they're just delightful. And the reader of the audiobooks is great too. So there's tons of them. I think there's at least 10 of them. Okay. Oh, that's great. Cause then you can just keep going through them. Yes. Oh, yes. So comfort reads and I keep like imagining it as a mini series Mm. and I'm like oh man BBC like get on this it'd be so good you just need an amazing child actor who's willing to stick with it for years and years of her life but it'll make her career oh that sounds like so much fun it's funny that you mentioned that about um, mysteries being comforting because I literally just recorded a podcast with Bose about oh I need to listen to that I haven't put it up yet although by the time this one is out it will probably be out but um why they're so comforting because there's this kind of um this resolution and with mm-hmm. Poirot I think particularly because you just always feel like Poirot is in control and he's got this soothing voice and it's like yeah but I do think there's something kind of existentially satisfying and comforting about mm-hmm. about murder mysteries which is it funny. goes from chaos to order. Chaos to like, order. Justice is always done. Yes, justice. Um, I think my biggest comfort watch for that sort of thing is Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Have you watched those? I Ms. just Fisher? started. I like literally started one of the episodes on Netflix the other day um, in okay. between studying. So I, I tried it several years ago and didn't get into the first episode and then didn't go back to it until I was really sick and pregnant and like stuck in bed for weeks and it's so delightful like Mm. it's I think you're gonna really like it okay that those are definitely a good comfort watch right now because there's no rules during a pandemic you can watch as (laughs) as much Netflix as you want until you don't feel good and need to run up and down the stairs yeah uh exactly until my my (laughs) contacts are peeling out of my eyeballs um (laughs) Okay, so one other question, of course, is um, that I was going to ask you about for you, like now, but then also direct people in the direction of your ebook. Um, what are your comfort books right now? And then tell us about your ebook. Yeah, so um, books right now, 
that let's see what I'm right now I'm reading the graveyard book by Neil Gaiman Bose gave us a copy for Christmas Hmm. um it's it's really cool because it's I just realized this because I saw it on the back of the book after I'm halfway through the book joy it's a retelling of the jungle book and I did not realize this (laughs) until seeing it on the back of the book like this fascinating retelling of the jungle book and I Benji and I are reading it together and I was like Benjamin it's the jungle book (laughs) how did I miss this um, so that's kind of fun just cause it's a light, like quirky read. Um, but I'm gearing up to do a new book club for our podcast patrons mm-hmm. and Christy and I were bouncing ideas around. So we're letting our patrons choose between the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society mm-hmm. and Rilla of Ingleside by oh. Ellen Montgomery, the last Ellen Montgomery book. Cause I think that both of them are like relatable right now yes. while still being comforting like light reads but like inspiring yes um I just keep thinking about I think you, you had a great Instagram post where you were like I've always been like give me the op- the opportunity yeah. to like show my metal and like yeah. be part of something historic and then you get there and you're like oh I didn't know it was gonna be like this never mind <laughs> I don't want to do this I tap um, out but I keep thinking about really yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking about Rilla of Ingleside because every time I've read it, I've always thought like, how did these people survive this war? Because it takes place during yeah. the Great War. Um, and it takes place in Canada and it's like the home front. front. You only mm-hmm. see the home front. And just imagining the anxiety of not knowing if your people are safe mm-hmm. and the anxiety of not knowing how long this is going to last. And also feeling like there's, like, nothing I can do to make my loved ones safer Mm. or, like, change the course of this war except what I can do right where I am. Like, all I can do is, like, bake bread. Like, I think about Susan Baker, their housekeeper, is always, like, treats her meals as part of the war effort. Mm. Um And then just, like, trying to uplift each other because Mm. people aren't all going to be able to be up Mm. all the time. You know, so, okay, if you're down, I will lift you up. And then when I'm down, you're going to need to encourage me. And we can just create this space that is as joyful as it can be Mm. and as loving as it can be because this is what we can control and this this is what we can do. Um, And so it's, on the one hand, so frustrating because you are – in some ways powerless, but in other ways you're not. Um, And so I've just been thinking about that. I mean, I don't want to compare this to like me being part of the war effort because I'm just like sitting around at my house watching Netflix with my kids. So not to (laughs) be like, wow, this is so impressive. Some heroes don't wear capes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The anxiety is real and not, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a healthcare worker. There isn't a lot that I, that I can do. Um, and I don't know how long this is going to last. So all I can think about is how can I get my kids through this week in a way that makes them feel safe, in a way that makes them feel joyful yeah. um, and not feel, I mean, yeah, they're experiencing some anxiety, but try to decrease that in a reasonable way so that they feel safe and happy where they are. Um, and that, that's all that's all we can yeah. do right now. Um, yeah. And so I've been thinking about Rilla a lot because I think that that book really shows coming from 
just being angry that it's happening yeah. to taking ownership of what she can do and mm-hmm. learning to live that for other people. Um, but like the not knowing how long this is going to be, that's hard. Yeah. And my kids are like, are we get, when can we start going to the pool? It's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if we can go to the pool this year. I don't yeah. know if this is going to be like wrapped up in eight weeks. I don't know if it's going to be wrapped up in eight months. I don't know, but I can tell you what we're going to do this week. We're going to have tea time, you know, like, it's just like, what a crazy time to be alive. Um, So those have been kind of, Rilla has definitely been a literary hero for me right now. (laughs) I do, I do love the little house books and our dryer just died today. And you and your clothes dryer, I guess like, yeah, my clothes dryer. Oh my gosh. So I was like, hey, do you think like, I'll talk to Ben, I bet Benjamin, who's my 11 year old is very resourceful. I was like, I bet he can rig up a clothes, clothes line. He would love to have oh, yeah. that project. And we're just going to line dry until a new dryer can get delivered. Cause I don't want to take anybody anywhere right now. Yeah. And Daniel texted me back and was like, it's like you're finally forced to live your little house dreams <laughs> of like hanging up clothes on the clothesline. It's like, like true. It's like again, it's just not the, as much fun yeah, as I thought like it the, would be. <laughs> I always dreamed I'd live through a you know something global, improve my metal. Just didn't expect it to be at home. Always wanted to be a homesteader. Just didn't expect it right now and in this way. Right. Right, in my backyard, in the middle of the city. Um, we do have chickens, so maybe it can feel a little bit little house in the prairie ish. When, when all of this like started to go down and grocery stores started to not have anything, you know, we're stocked, stocked up again now. So we're fine. But at first I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to eat? And Dan was like, well, we do have the chickens. If worse <laughs> goes to worst, we can just eat all of the chickens. Just keep um, one chicken for eggs and then slowly eat off all the other ones. Exactly. So anyhow, <laughs> oh. but yeah, I think it does help to have stories Absolutely. that help us put ourselves in a framework of our own story. Yeah. And um, I think that is very comforting yeah. and inspiring that people have been through things like this before. Yeah. And our situation is going to be a little bit different. This particular thing hasn't yeah. happened before. It hasn't happened when, you know, we have as much knowledge about different scientific things and have these different parameters of modern life and have the internet where we can still talk to each other from across the sea. Um, Yeah. But people have been through hard stuff before and scary stuff. And they've been brave. And And so can we. And they've been brave. It's funny. And we can do that. And then sometimes we won't feel brave and cry. And then we can start over again later. later. (laughs) But the thing I I love that you mentioned Rilla because it was funny. When I posted that, I actually had that in my mind because I read that. I don't remember. I must have been 14 or 15 when I read that. And it was just really moving to me because you kind of walk with Rilla from her like teen. You kind of walk with her from teenhood into womanhood. Um, Mm -hmm. And that happening over this, this great war period. And so that was actually one of the books that I had in my mind when I was thinking like books that made me want to be brave. But the thing that's great about that book is she does have moments where she totally falls apart. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just, that is a part of the story. And I think even having stories to remind us that, oh, you can fall apart and then still be brave after you get yourself back together is also helpful. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yes, that that book was really, I I love love her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And then the other one we're thinking about reading, the Guernsey Literary mm-hmm. and Potato Peel Pie Society, is it just has that similar feel of people who are going from normal life yes. to very abnormal life that's scary and different and they're confined yeah. and they don't have the same freedoms that they did. And um, what kind of things can bring people together even in times like that? And for them, it's books. They all... Uh, at first, they're they're under this guise because they had a party and got caught by the Nazis. And so they have to say that they were having a literary discussion. And so then they have to start this club. And yet that's the thing that brings them all together is these stories and mm. literature helps them get through the season of occupation. Um, and it's I, I love that as well. And I think what makes this the, so tri- tricky is that we can't all get together yeah. to get through. Like usually, usually I would be at mass receiving the Eucharist and I would be with friends yes. around the dinner table. Yes. And those are two things I can't have right now. And that makes it really difficult, but trying to figure out, okay, what can I do? Last night um, we had, we had my daughter Lucy's godfather mm-hmm. quote unquote over for dinner mm-hmm. by Skyping him in at the dinner table. Oh. So like we set him at one end of the table and then had dinner with him because he's single and it's just him, just him and his roommate. Oh. And um, the kids got to you know fight over his time and to try to try to fit in all of their stories mm-hmm. that they wanted to tell him and we were able to pray with him. And so mm. just trying to figure out, okay, well, what can I do to reach out to my people Yeah, and again, like, be it, there for them? It really makes you aware of how much we do need each other. And, um, mm-hmm. kind of in the absence of that, it makes you realize, I know I was realizing that too, just how many kind of empty spaces there are in my life that I, long to be with people, but, but finding ways also to like have people with you, even when they can't be bodily. Even like I was just the other day, my mom just Skyped me while she was making the muffins that I sent her. And we didn't even have a super deep conversation. And I was like doing something, but just feeling the presence of some being, someone being with you, figuring out ways to incorporate that has been, mm-hmm. but I look very forward to being able to do it in real life soon. Hopefully. Yes. Yes, and how much are we going to appreciate that then? Oh, you know, just being able to have friends over for dinner yeah. or go to church um, and not be afraid. You know, yeah. like all of that is going to be so good whenever it does happen. And so, in the meantime, we will read good books and we, we will, will watch comforting movies <laughs> and we'll hide in our attics. That's and- right. <laughs> oh. Haley, it's been so much fun. I could talk to you for an hour and a half more, but Joel has quesadillas downstairs, so I, I should Oh, well, you have that. to stay with your routine. Oh, but we forgot here. Let me just real quick say yes. I do have a list of comfort reads yes. and different chapters about comfort reading and printables for creating your own comfort read list. Yeah. It's called The Literary Medicine Cabinet. Okay. So the, the subtitle is Your Guide to Self-Care Through Good Books. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me during this and be like, oh, can you point me back to that ebook?" So I put it on sale. It's If you do use the code COMFORT2020, okay. then it's half off. And I'll, um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for this uh, if you tell me how, which I'm sure I can figure out. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like just what I need. And if anyone wants to join in on the Rilla or Potato... I never get the whole, it's the literary potato peel 
Pie Society? No, Guernsey Literary Pigfield Pie Society. Whichever one you, you decide. It. If anyone yeah. wants to join in that, they can find you on Patreon, right? And is that Patreon mm-hmm. for patreon.com forward slash? Fountains of Carrots. Fountains of so Carrots. So it's for, okay. for our podcast. And then we do group discussion in our Slack, in our Patreon Slack. Cool. All right. Well, I'll put in links for both of those. This has been so fun, Haley. Um, thank you for coming on the show. And wait, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those things? Okay, so Twitter and Instagram, it's at Haley Carrots, H A L E Y Carrots. And then um, Facebook is just search for Carrots for Michaelmas, which is spelled like the name Michael M A S. Mm-hmm. Feast of St. Michael. So Carrots for Michaelmas. And that's also the name of my blog. And then the podcast is Fountains of Carrots. There you go. All right. Well, everyone look that up. And um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Haley, I hope that you have a lovely day. And, um, and thank you for coming on. And I wish a beautiful day to everyone else. Stay sane. Stay wholesomely distracted. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.